A 35 to 1 winner last week and a massive treble in the offing this week. It's cricket, only better. Welcome to Cricket Only Better, episode 148. I'm Ed Hawkins, betting.betfair cricket correspondent. Last week we asked whether England were wobbling in white ball cricket. We're going to ask the same question again this week. An unconvincing Joss Butler team go off at skeletal odds in the T20 series versus South Africa. Sam Collins is here. I am indeed, Edward Hawkins. Welcome, welcome. Inching towards an epic 150th episode on the cob, but we will not lose concentration, we promise you. Tricky spell before tea to get through, but then we're up for a daddy 100, uh, double, is that what they call them? Daddy double. Uh, carrying his bat again this week is Betty Dobbett. First, Paul Krishnamurti. Hello, Paul. Hi, Sam. Hello, hello. And joining him in the middle with his flashing blade and flashing charm. And hopefully that's all he's flashing. Richard Mann of SportingLife.com. Hi, Sam. Hello. Big smile from Richard Mann this week because he landed a 35 to 1 winner on the best bets last week. Mark Adair, top scoring for Ireland versus New Zealand. Does Richard Mann land something equally big this week, Edward Hawkins? What have you got? What games have you got for the guys? Yeah, middle of the week blues can be banished with a Super Wednesday. Three games. We start with Scotland versus New Zealand in a tweet in a T20 from Edinburgh. West Indies versus India. The third ODI from Trinidad, and then the night game in Bristol between England and South Africa. Great stuff. Don't miss those best bets at the end of the show. Uh, another Richard Mann special. Plus, we've got our special treble wager hidden away somewhere. So listen out for the klaxon. Right. Let's get on with the show. Okay, Scottish cricket is in a disgrace off the field. Not much hope they get some cheer on it either. Bet for exchange prices for Wednesday's clash against New Zealand from 2.30pm UK time at the Grange in Edinburgh. The Scots are 7-1 to and New Zealand are 1.12. Paul Krishnamurti and Richard Mann coming up in a second to see if we can expect an upset. But first, here is Edward Hawkins with the teams and a pitch report. Yes, yeah, Scotland expected to line up like this. Munsey and Jones opening the batting. Cross, Berrington, McLeod, Leask, Greaves, Watt, Sol, Safian, Sharif and Hamza Tahir. There's no Carl Kutzer. He's quit this week and retired from T20. New Zealand, Alan Guptill, Cleaver, Phillips, Conway, Bracewell, Nisham, Santner, the skipper. Doesn't really look worth his place in this side, considering there's Daryl Mitchell on the sidelines, if you ask me. Milner, Ferguson and Tickner. The pitch, expected score on historic data in first innings, well, we're looking at about mid-160s, but really New Zealand should be expecting to bust 200 here, I'd have thought, uh, given the trend for run scoring going up in the last few years since all this T20 data has started to be gathered at the Grange. Scots didn't win a game in the World Cup T20 proper, but they got very close versus New Zealand, going down by 16 runs. It was the closest they came. OK. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, is that... Any possibility of an upset on the cards here? And if not, how do you bet on it? I can't see an upset. To, to be honest, my first instinct was, could we find 
another two really short odds certainties in the other two games to build a treble with the one point one two New Zealand, but those first will probably come back to haunt me. Um, no, I think it'd be one-sided. Um, I think it's right about the big totals for New Zealand. Uh, so the way to play it is side markets. We'll get into the top batsman and bowler. Now, I actually think that these sort of games are much better for those markets anyway. But also, um, hopefully New Zealand will bat first because if they do, we should get two good innings markets with plenty of liquidity because even if they've got 250 or something, they'll still be a perfectly good market on Scotland's runs. Okay. Uh, Richard Mann, do you spot any chinks in the Kiwi armour in the, the games versus Ireland, perhaps? Not really, no. I think thoroughly professional would be how I'd sum it up, and that's probably how you sum New Zealand cricket up, isn't it? No, I think Scotland will struggle here. I know they pushed them close in the UAE, but funnily enough, I think those conditions actually suited Scotland better um, than playing at home against New Zealand. I think New Zealand are winning easily, and, and as Paul said, it's all about the side markets. Some real, real angles in running, actually, um, that we'll talk about in a minute. Okay, lovely stuff. Paul Krishnamurti, do we back New Zealand for a massive score then? What surprises could we do with on that? Well, yes, we definitely do if they bat first, because um, the runs, this has always been a big runs ground to Edinburgh. Um, and the thing is, I, I don't think that the market will be set that high. It just really is. I reckon that 200 will still be a minimum six to four. You might even get two to one. Um, and I personally, I, I'm going to play three markets. I'm going to play 200 or more, 220 or more, and 240 or more. And I reckon that those higher bands are where you'll get the silly odds because, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen 240 or more being less than 12 to 1, right? It could well be 20s. Um, 220, I think you'll get 4 to 1, something like that. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so do we suspect the side markets where it's at here then, Edward Hawkins? What do you think? Uh, yeah, certainly do. Um, Rich, do you want to come back in on in-play uh, views or anything or just want me to carry on with players and come back to you? What do you reckon? No, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up in a minute when we... Yeah, I'll pick it up in a minute when, when we discuss some players because I think it fits in nicely with, with New Zealand spin. All right, that's fine. Uh, I've got Leesk and Safi and Sharif to look out for. What I've done is filtered uh, these Scots players against your top nine teams in the world, T20. There's no point uh, working out how these guys go against Papua New Guinea. Let's see how they do against actually quality opposition. And Leesk and Safian, well, they're the guys who are coming out on top with bat and ball respectively. You may recall Leesk, 42 not out against New Zealand in that World Cup. Strike rate of 210. He's going off at 9-1 to one here. I think that is a bet. Uh, Munzee opening the batting wrong price alert purely this is a wrong price alert he's 11 to 2 although he does have a second best average behind Leesk against those top sides in international cricket uh, look out for Jones as well opening the batting I uh, expect Richard knows a bit more about him he was Durham's top run scorer in the blast and he should be going on up front uh, with Munzee, Finn Allen and Adam Milne, the picks for me for the Kiwis. Finn Allen could just blast this Scotch attack to all parts. Won't have to bat for very long because his strike rate is absolutely through the roof. And Adam Milne could well mop up a very long tail for an easy top New Zealand wicket-taker win. 
Okay, and worth pointing out the relationship between runs and the man of the match. So Finn Allen, six to one with Betfair Sports, but Guptill at fives. He, of course, won the award in the World Cup versus Scotland. Um, Richard Mann, what have you spotted? Yeah, I think the toss is crucial for the man of the match, Mac. It's you've got to play, you've got to play it here in a match that's going to be as one-sided as this one. You've got to back two New Zealanders, but because of the toss and, and not being sure who's going to bat first, you've just got to have a batsman and you've got to have a bowler on side. Um, Finn Allen, interesting with the bat, but I probably at a bigger price go with Jimmy Nishan because he can be explosive. He might only need 20 balls to make 40 or 50, and that might win him it, and he's bowling. And then with the ball, um, I think I think Santner's probably the one, um, but as but as Ed said, Adam Mills is interesting. Now, Scotland at the, at the World Cup, the way that every team went at them was to bowl really, really straight. Picked out some games just against the top sides. So when they played Pakistan, far out of the six Scotland wickets um, were, were bowled. When they played India, two caught, one run out, five bowled, two LBWs. New Zealand, two of the five wickets to fall were bowled. When they played Afghanistan, only one of the wickets was caught. The others were either LBW or bowled. Everyone's just going straight against Scotland. These batsmen get rooted on the crease, pinned particularly against spin. And then against Bangladesh, I think four out of nine were caught and the rest were LBW and spin. There's a real theme here. And I think betting in running, particularly when Mitch Santa gets on, because he likes to just dart the ball into those right-handers. He bowls really straight. It reminds me of Jadeja, actually, who had a lot of success against Scotland in the World Cup. Next method of dismissal in running when Santa comes on, you'd be looking at seven to two minimum, maybe nine to two. I know I bang this drum a lot about associate sides and next me- method of dismissal in running, but I-, I think it's an angle worth playing. And then when the seamers come on, particularly at the death, just go for bold. Court will be odds on, but bold is will definitely be the value player. And for that reason, I'll probably stick with Santa in the man of the match market as well. I think he could have a really good day. Okay. Um, Bogushnamurti, over to you to finish it off, please. Okay, brilliant, brilliant work, Rich. Brilliant work. Um, especially what you were saying about um, how they struggled in the World Cups against straight bowling and spinners. So you, you would prefer Santner to wish Sodi then, I take it. I, I just want, wonder with Sodi about whether guys will get out sweeping top edging. That's the way they may go across the line, although he's still going to ball straight, isn't he? Yeah, and it's an interesting one. You could maybe just go with them both. If they were bowling in tandem... I'd probably I'd be betting him playing next method LBW, um, but I'm probably just going to go with Santa here because he just bowls so straight. Jadeja had a field day against Scotland in the World Cup, and I'm I'm working on that theory to be honest. Absolutely, I remember that well with that game. Um, yeah, that might be in running play then as well. Like self Scotland go under Scotland runs when the spinners come on because they're going to struggle. Um, just um, so. I prefer Martin Guptill to Finn Allen, and I notice he's been um, enhanced to three to one on Betfair Sportsbook. To me, that's way too big. This is perfect for him. He's exactly the kind of batsman who thrives against much inferior bowling. So I think I'd, I'd take him at three to one top scorer. Munsey again, that's great price, good spot. Ed, um, the only worry I'd have is I think they might struggle a little bit against a new ball. I, I think that Michael Leask is just a rock solid better nine to one. You know, this isn't going to probably take a big score to win. There's every chance they're going to lose early wickets. It's going to take a middle-order recovery. And we saw in the World Cup that he's perfect for that. So I think that's definitely the bet for me. 
Yeah, can I just chuck Mark Watt in there as well? He's been playing T20 cricket for Derbyshire, not actually getting much of a bat in the blast because they batted so well. But he made 55 and out when he played a first-class match four-day game. He can bat. I'm, I'm not saying he's a world-beater or anything like that. But he's 25 to 1, and on the same basis that we tipped Mark Adair last week, if there's an early collapse, what's the sort of guy who could come in and just clonk 20 or 30? And it might well be enough. I thought 25 to 1 was a big enough character to learn me in. Thanks very much, lads. Um, that's that. Best bet still to come. And just to remind you to check betting.betfair free bet offers, terms and conditions apply over 18s only, and please, and visit begambleaware.org. Next up is West Indies versus India. West Indies versus India is a dead rubber, but it's been quite the thriller of an ODI series. The day is Wednesday. Start time is 2.30pm UK time. Venue is the Queen's Park Oval in Port of Spain again. Uh, Betfair exchange prices, currently West Indies at 3.5, India at 1.3 and over to Hawkins for a lowdown. West Indies going to line up like this. Hope, Mayers, Brooks, King, Peran, Powell, Akil. We're pulling in Jason Holder. We're dropping Romario Shepard because of his death bowling issues. Joseph Walsh and Seals India. Dewan Gill, Ayer, Samson Huda, Axar. We're trying to get Jadeja into this side. Not sure why he hasn't played. So we've dropped Yadav. Shardal, Avesh, Siraj and Chahal. The pitch, well, 300 has been busted twice and it's been chased twice. Uh, and it's been a pretty easy trade on the West Indies from those chunky odds because they've managed to bat 50 overs they haven't done it very often we spoke about that last time few things that we've noticed watching these games there's a slowdown at the death in the first innings for the team batting first there are 22 sixes in game two 22 sixes i think i said uh, 22 sixes in game two seem to be short boundaries both teams to score 275 is 11 to 10 with sportsbook that could well be a decent wager Okay, plenty of food for thought there. Are you as harsh on West Indies, Paul Krishnamurti? I usually am, um, but to be fair, they've overperformed in this series for me. It's been much closer. Um, I mean, granted, this isn't India's best side, but it's still pretty strong. And they've stayed competitive, and that's without Jason Holder, who I think is critical. Could make a big difference if Ed's right and he um, comes back here. Uh, so I can see a sense in trading them at three to one. Um, but I have also just got the feeling that they're due that collapse. As I just said, they don't bowl. They don't bat 50 overs very often. Um, and I've got a feeling that because of the first two games, the markets might be set a bit too high. I mean, could this even be a used pitch? So um, I will swerve those both to score 275. I've got a feeling India will win this one a bit easier. Okay. Thank you very much. Um Richard Mann, you like a sixes bet. Anything doing for you there? Do you want to trade West Indies, as Edward Hawkins suggested? No, just building on what Paul said, I'd be a bit wary of actually playing overs on the sixes, just on the same basis that you feel West Indies might just be due a collapse. I mean, look, they've played really well, and I think the key to it has been a good partnership and another good partnership. This this, this famous West Indies batting collapse, it hasn't really happened, actually. Um, they've been a really solid proposition. I think what I would do is when you get the cov- coverage up, I get on Twitter and do some searching, try and find out if it's a used pitch. If it's a fresh pitch, I think West Indies will be competitive and 275 for both teams would be a bet and you can boost it. India to win and both teams to get 275 with sports, but that'll be fair enough. If it's a used pitch, 
India's spinners will really come into it. We know that they've got too much in their armory in those conditions to blow the West Indies away. So I'd just be really on it in, on the morning of the game, try and find out what the surface is going to be like. Okay, thank you very much. Um, the slowdown in first innings, Paul Krishnamurti, is quite interesting. Are you factoring that into runs wages? Yeah, I think you should. I mean, I didn't. I wasn't paying great attention to the pitch. I was really kind of keeping an eye on what's going on um, on the scores rather than really watching the pitch. But that does seem as if it may just be a pitch characteristic and they take the pace off the ball at the end, it becomes hard to score. And remember what we saw in the IPL with um, the infamous D.Y. Patil Stadium where virtually every match teams were failing to score 40, even 35, even 30 in the last five overs. Enormous odds landing there. So that is worth considering. Um, I mean, with five overs left, 10 overs, five overs left, you're going to generally be able to lay 40 at short odds on in any team as long as they've got a few wickets left, often 45. So maybe um, maybe go with that. Um, just one quick thing on the pitch as well. I mean, usually they say that at the toss. So it's stick the TV coverage. If it isn't on Twitter, then just stick the TV coverage on for the toss and you, you should hear. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, any other bits of in-play magic or just general magic? Because we know these sides and the surface so well. The same point. So again, you know, West, it could be worth going under West Indies runs when when the spinners come on. Okay, Richard Mann? Yeah, I just think if, if West Indies bat first and we think it's going to be a challenging surface and the potential for them to be skilled and you're looking at the top India batsman market, you'll be quick, really, because you'll want someone in the top three, really, if they're only chasing 150. Shubman Gill would come to mind, but we'll get on to him in a minute. Okay, lovely stuff. Thank you very much. Um, to Edward Hawkins for the tops value. Betfair Sportsbook have boosted Hope and Duan, the West Indies and India Opus, respectively, to 10-3 to and 7-2. to uh, Players who generally once they get uh, a decent score on the board, are capable of going back-to-back. So don't really have any issues about betting them for a, a repeat. Hope just got a ton and Dewan won in the first game. Do like Brooks at 9-2, though. He's uh, getting a tick on win rate and he has some form. He looks in decent nick. Akeel, 5-2 top bowler for West Indies if... This is going to be a slow and low pitch. Uh, again, as the guys say, really try to find out whether they're using a new surface or a used one. And on that point, uh, you know, if it is a old surface, does that bring in man-of-the-match bets on people like Chahal and Jajaja and maybe even Akhil Hossein? Let's uh, see what Paul and Rich think. OK, Richard Mann, you answer that man-of-the-match query, please, and then give us some players to follow. Well, I think I'd been reading my notes. I've got Shahal written down at nine to one. I, I don't think it's the gift of the century, but I think he's bowled better than his his stats would suggest so far in the series. He's three wickets from two games, but he could have had a few more. I think he's bowled pretty well. If it's going to spin, we know West Indies are vulnerable against spin. Um, I agree with Ed about Shamar Brooks. I think he's played really well in this series so far. Scores are 46 and 35. He got a really good ball action in the last match. He looks like he's coming to the ball nice, nicely. It's a bit of a hunch, really, that he's he's going to come good at some stage, but two really good starts. He'd do for me at 9-2. And to be honest, I like Shubman Gill for India at the top of the order, S- similar to Brooks, actually. A couple of scores, 60-odd when he was run out. He looked really good that day. 
uh, and then got 43 in the last game scooping. I mean, it's not really a shot of his court involved scooping, but I think if he just goes back to batting properly, and if it's a tricky surface, that's a, that's a, that'll be ideal for him. He can just go at his own pace. I thought it was pretty solid at the top when you factor in the fact that India might be chasing a, a lower score. If India was chasing like 180 or something, Gill will be perfect to just, just back through. As Rohit Sharma did against England in the first ODI, you'll remember. The rest of them didn't have a chance. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti, the finisher. Yeah, loads of good points there from the guys. Um, first of all, I'd say those boosted um, openers, Shea Hope and Shikha Dwan, they're really big prices, 130 and 72. I'd price them like a full point shorter, especially Shea Hope. You know, I'm sure that, that um, those odds would pay in the long term in 50-over cricket for West Indies. And as we say, if the, if, if the scoring does get um, harder later in the innings, then surely it makes more sense to be on an opener. So that's nice. Um, I also like three to one, Alzari Joseph, top wicket taker. Um I, I wouldn't, to be fair, that bet would somewhat depend on whether Jason Holder plays or not. But Joseph has got the best strike rate in squad by quite a margin. And more often than not, he's going to bowl at the death in a pretty weak attack. Three to one stands out. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Uh, tick for West Indies versus India in the third ODI. England versus South Africa is up next. And we have not had the treble collection yet. Right, England versus South Africa in the first T20 from Bristol on Wednesday, 6.30pm UK time, start live on Sky Sports. England are at 1.67 on the Betfair Exchange. South Africa are 2.5. Edward Hawkins with a lowdown in just a second because I'm pressing the klaxon. And it's over to Edward Hawkins on duty this week. Yeah, treble Claxon comes with a caveat. We've been mentioning it all show about that West Indies versus India pitch. If it is a new surface, it's going to be the cornerstone of our treble. 275 for both teams at 11 to 10 with Sportsbook. Then we're going to put in Finn Allen at 11 to 4, top New Zealand run scorer against Scotland. And then the big price is Aidan Markram at 5 to 1, top South Africa bat. You will find out why in a bit. A tenner. Returns 472 quid. Wow, that's a bit for your holiday, isn't it? Um, One of these is going to come in one of these days, then we'll look like gods. But for now, we're purely mere mortals. Hawkins is angels. Um, Back to the simplest of them all, Edward Hawkins, with the simplest of tasks, reading names and numbers. England, Roy, Butler, Bairstow, Milan, Moeen, Livingston, Sam Curran, Jordan, Rashid, Topley and Gleeson, South Africa, De Kock, Hendricks, Van der Dussen, Markram, Miller, Klaassen, Parnell, Maharaj, Rabada, Nokje and Shamsi. This is all about intent for South Africa. If they put their foot down and play carefree and they're reckless and they're aggressive, how many times have we said that over 148 shows of Cricket Only Better? If they could just just lose that fear of losing, really. Uh, they could go very, very well in these white ball formats. The problem is they're going up against a destructive force in England. 18.6 average boundary percentage that England top six. And this is where the difference comes. South Africa's it's 16.4. You can't tell me that man for man, South Africa that far off England. The pitch, four out of eight, 171st innings or more at Bristol. 
So Sportsbook are going six to four. Both teams won 78 to 11, 160 both teams. South Africa have won 10 of their last 13. They beat England in the World T20 and several, several shows ago we spoke about them winning the World T20 in Australia in October. If only they could play a little bit more recklessly. Mm-hmm. Uh, amen. Richard Mann, let's come to you first. Is Edward Hawkins right about South Africa's aggressive intent? He is, yeah. I mean, the, the numbers tell us that but the data doesn't lie. And when you've got Marman Rassi just nerdling it about and playing for his average, it doesn't help. But I think what this South Africa side does have now with David Miller coming good in the IPL back to his best. We had Simon Doolon, didn't we, at the World Cup, and he talked about big boy power and Markram, Miller and Klassen in that middle order. And even Parnell, actually, if he plays, can give it a a biff low down the order. They've got big boy power. They can make big scores and decock up top as well. There are a couple of issues that, that are a worry. When Bavuma comes back, he, his strike rate's really low. Um, and obviously Van der Dussen, he's a terrific player, but sometimes he bats too slow. But I think that middle order, that engine room, it's really powerful. And I think it can definitely match England's engine room here. I, I really do. I, I don't think they've got anything to fear. And looking at the bowlers with the injuries England have got, I think South Africa win this in a bowling shootout anyway. I think they're overpriced South Africa. And I, I think they're probably a bet. Okay. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, where do you stand? Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree with Rich. Um, I like South Africa all summer, actually, as a bet. I think they're going to be underrated in the test as well. They're a team broadly on the up. They've got uh, Kagiso Rabada now, back now. And, I mean, regarding the aggression thing, you know, it's absolutely right. But there's really no excuse for that anymore. I mean, look at the side they've got there, right? You've got, in addition to the players we just talked about, Rich just mentioned, Miller and Mark, who, you know, you've got Tristan Stubbs, he's a hitter. You've got Pretorius or Felicueo coming in at eight or nine, Parnell. Even Rabada can bat a bit, and Maharaj can bat. So really, you'd expect them to have a side that bats down to at least nine and has got power all the way. So I don't see why they shouldn't be contenders. The only reason would be that South Africa never win anything, but they look a quality side, and with England, you know, still in a transitional period, probably a very good bet this week. Okay, lovely stuff. Um, let's talk in-play angles. Richard Mann first, please, followed by Paul Krishnamurti. Yeah, nothing too strong for me. I just felt that Miller and Markham in particular, I think you could back them in running at, at bigger prices and, and be on a bet. I mean, Miller just caught up so well in the IPL. He marmalizes spin right now. That's what he did in the IPL. And I think Rashid and Moeen, they could be in real danger against him. So even if South Africa get a steady start, don't be afraid to throw a few quid at Miller and Markham actually who can really clear the ropes. The other one is, and I've been testing on Paul's view, is just extremities with England's batting. Now, in the blast, Bristol, it was a it was a real mixed bag actually of licorice all sorts, this pitch, and I'm not sure what we're going to get. But England this summer, actually, the batting, they've been all over the place at times. We've seen them like 20 for three, albeit against a very good India attack. Um, and I just wondered here if you could just play low, really, really low, actually, on the runs line, and then just get your bet out, knowing that you've got Livingston and Curran and Jordan down the order to pull it back. Kind of just felt there was a, the trading angle in there, but I'd be interested to see what Paul says. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, really good, really interesting. Um, so, I mean, the point I was originally going to make was not dissimilar in that 
more broadly about the depth of both sides because both sides could well take wickets early. But in both cases, they're batting down to nine and ten. So I think a good strategy would be to back overs as soon as they lose wickets. For example, the third and fourth wickets. Now on to the Bristol thing. Yeah, I mean, the stats here are really un... They don't tell you much. And we've got eight games in the last two years. Um, four were 170 plus. We've got a 114 in there. Got 147 in there. So a 161. So perhaps it is an unders place, but at the same time, it's quite a small ground, isn't it? For memory yeah. sense. Um, I just, I, it's, uh, to me, the runs are a wait and see. I think the more general players, I want to watch a few overs, and especially if a few wickets go down, back overs at that point when the line has fallen. Yeah, I think that's okay. a really good... Sorry, Sam, I think that is a no, no, good. Re- really good point because you look at the blast scores. I mean, Kent were all out for 114, but they had a disaster in their blast, so who knows what Kent turned up that day. But then Gloucester made 193 against Sussex, Hampshire made 178, the Middlesex stood to 163, so... I'm not really sure what to expect, but you think for an international game, they're put on a good surface. But then last summer, Sri Lanka were here in a one day and they were bundled out for 160. So I think it's a wait and see. I think the analysis actually before the match will be something worth watching, see what the pitch looks like. If we get some decent weather, um, hopefully we'll have a good pitch and a good spectacle. Okay, lovely stuff. Um, any innings, runs, wisdom, Paul Krishnamurti? Yeah, well, just just as I was saying before, I think it's a wait and see. I mean, you've definitely you, we haven't got that much evidence to go on. I've got the eight games in the last two blasts and a nineteen nine and two thousand eighteen T uh, twenty, and we've got two one nine one ninety eight and a two sixteen. So clearly, the big scores are also possible. Um, so I, I'm not going to wait and see. Okay. Lovely stuff. Thank you for that. Uh, straight to Edward Hawkins for the top value. Yeah, why are we putting Markram in a treble uh, at 5-1? to one? It's because he's got eight wins in 17. That's a win rate of 47%. Uh, we think he'll bat four, but he could even actually open the batting uh, with Quinton de Kock, he has done so in the past instead of Reza Hendricks. Uh, de Kock, five wins from 19, so 11 to 4 with Sportsbook is no good. Rassi van der Dussen, five wins from 23, so 10 to 3 is no good. Miller, two wins in 21. Klaassen, two wins in 20. Rabada's a poor bet with the ball. Two wins, two returns on the ties from 20 at 11 to 4. Shamsi has nine returns from 29, so he's your price at 7 to 2. England. It's easy. It's David Milan, Dawid Milan, pardon me. 10 wins in 34. Sportsbook go 4-1. to one. There's also a 3% edge on Just Butler at 3-1. to one. He's been boosted. Boosted. Uh, Richard Mann, who performs for you? I'll start off with Dawid Milan. He just gets the job done anyway. But I think South Africa are a good team for him, good opposition, because they've got loads of quick bowling, you know, he grew up there, didn't he? Predominantly a good back foot player. Um, he's made 350s in just over a handful of T20s against South Africa. Top scorer, 99 out. He likes his opposition. He likes pace on the ball. And actually, England's top order, Bairstow, uh, apart from the Test Series, of course, but in the one day as Bairstow, Roy, Butler, they haven't looked at the best, but Milan made a good 70-odd against India when last seen. Um, so he's just he's really solid at far to one he's continually underrated and the other one's Chris Jordan had a shocking year and then he was, I thought he was magnificent in that series against in- India absolutely magnificent a two for a four for a two for he'll ball exclusively at the death thought hundreds of three he was a 
not a gift, but I thought it was a very good bet, Christian Jordan. Krishnamurti, finish us. Okay, uh, yeah, very much endorse Chris Jordan there from Rich. Bet Bolton to death, that, that's a big price. And also on the South Africa top bat, I made the same notes Ed did. Five to one mark from nine to one Miller. I think if you if you back those combined every T20 this year, you'd probably make money at those odds. But for me, the best pick is Amrik Norkia, 130 top wicket taker. He's playing, he's playing well already, strike bowler, takes plenty of wickets. And I just think that Rabada, A, might not be 100% yet. And in any case, as they've said, he's always overrated in this market. So 130 top wicket taker and 16 to 1 man in the match, Amrik Norkia. Okay, thank you very much. Um, that's that. On to the best bets. Right, best bets time. We've got some scores, we've got some doors, and we have Edward Hawkins. Yes, Richard Mann is on the comeback trail after his massive 35 to 1 winner last week. He's minus 13.88. Paul Krishnamurti is minus 25.5. The guys have got five units to spend each, and it's Paul Krishnamurti to go first. I'll have one point on Michael Leask, 9 to 1, to be top Scotland batsman. I'll have one point, Dawid Milan, top England batsman against South Africa. I'll have um, 1.5 points on Emmerich Norkia, 130, top South Africa wicket taker. And I'll have one point, Chris Jordan, top England baller be South Africa. And I'll have half a unit, Emmerich Norkia, 16 to 1 man in the match. And I'm going to go half a unit each. No, I'm going to go half a unit, Shubman Gill, top India batsman versus West Indies. And I'll have two points, Martin Guptill, top New Zealand batsman at three to one. Half a unit, uh, Shamar Brooks, top West Indies batsman versus India. I'm done. Well, that leaves me with two then. So I'm going to finish up. I'm going to have uh, 1.5 units on South Africa to beat England. And then I'm going to have half a unit, Mark Watt, top Scotland batsman versus New Zealand, 25 to one. Some big prices there from the guys. Thanks very much. That does it for Cricket Only Better this week. Don't miss out on Cricket Only Better episode 149. That's when we tell you who wins the 100. The team-by-team preview and all the best markets and all the best tips. Join us then. <laughs>